for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to L.A. Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial-free programming. Hey, everybody, this is Nicholas Rutherford. You're listening to The Green Room with your fantastic host, Sean T. Green. Don't change that podcast channel. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click on the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room. You can tweet the show on air at Green Room Show. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in. We got a great show coming up for you guys. I hope, uh, yeah, hope I hope all's going well. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Logan Lystico. Logan, thanks for coming on the show. What's up, bro? <laughs> I like it. Now, what what uh, what character were you going uh, there for, Logan? Yeah, surfer. Surfer. Sup, bro? What was your, uh, a lazy. what's your new catchphrase now? What's the catchphrase we've been working on? Make me barf. <laughs> Sweeping the nation. It's unclear what it means. It's you so, laugh so yeah. hard, you, you up chunk. All right, uh, and besides Logan, we also have uh, my main man, Nick Rutherford, in the studio. Nick, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to have me, and I'm glad to open the show <laughs> up this time. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I thought I'd throw you there in the uh, opening promo, get things started. It's always interesting to watch people listen to themselves, and uh, yeah, you, you threw in that nice little joke about the podcast style. I like that. Yeah, don't touch that. Yeah. I hate my, I hate the sound of my voice, though, so it's always disconcerting. And what, did I record that on like an old like landline from a yeah it a was a uh, <laughs> it's not a not a great piece of equipment that we recorded on it was just one of those little voice recorders uh-huh. and we we lost some of it in the uh in the translation there but it's okay it's I, I, yeah. yeah it was it was strong enough felt yeah. good yeah i liked it so what have you been up to nick since we last touched base on air uh well I've, we've really been amping up our production with uh my sketch group good neighbor we've been putting out a lot of videos a lot more <clears> than we we used to we're working with this company now so they give us a lot of production resources and takes up a lot of our time. We just played uh we just played pickup basketball in South Central yesterday okay. all day for this like Foot Locker brand thing. Oh really? Yeah. So you did it, you nice. shot a skit for Foot Locker? Yeah, it was more just like a documentary of like uh, the three of us. We're all like <laughs> smallish white guys. Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen you play basketball before. A lot of hustle, but uh yeah, you don't have a coordinated jump shot. Not a not not great form. I, I got I honest. got a lot of heart. I got a lot of heart, and I was called a flopper by the players, like the other <laughs> the other gentleman we played against. So he he got mad, called you flopper, said you were flopping all over. No, we we were playing against them, but they were just like, yeah, we saw you walk up, and we knew you were going to be a flopper, and then you started <laughs> flopping around. <laughs> sure. Well, though. traditionally flopping means, you know, in 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 basketball where they're going to call fouls means you stand there and when they run at you, you make it look like it was an offensive foul, but you can't. Obviously, there was no. Was there an actual ref? There? No, there's nobody calling any fouls or anything. And yeah. so the premise of Foot Locker is, hey, look at these jerk offs playing guys <laughs> who actually know how to play basketball. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like they geared <laughs> us all out, so we had these. I had these like brand new Lebrons that haven't come <laughs> out yet. And the first thing the guys go is like, man, I like those shoes. I'm gonna have to take those from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, uh, guys, this isn't part of the documentary. Yo, I said break yourself, fool. Give me them shoes. I want those shorts too. <laughs> okay, thanks for playing, guys. We'll see. Hey you guys, just relax. <laughs> We had like two gigantic bodyguards there, which at first I felt like. <laughs> How racist is that though? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you're Foot Locker, come on, you're just gonna throw two. Oh, I get it. They're they're in South Central. There's gonna be a lot of black people playing basketball. They might get out of control. Better sense of bodyguards. Well, I figured that would actually antagonize people more. Right. Like, it, oh, yo, look at these crackers showing up with bodyguards yeah, to pick yeah. up. Yo, what are you worried about? Elbow you too hard? What's your bodyguard gonna come out and get me? And like all the Sean people we played in South Central. Oh yeah. yeah. That's how he gets that impression. You can tell from that so accent. Perfect. Yeah, no, I, you just transformed. And earlier you transformed into a, a surfer. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I thought I know you guys, and yeah. all of a sudden you're. Yeah, you're not the people. only guy. You're not the only improv actor who can do characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Was it at Groundlings or IO? What's yeah, Groundlings. Okay. Yep. Okay. Both. Yeah. And Second City. A little UCB there. That's that's the hit place now. Yeah. So well, did anything uh, anything noteworthy happen with uh, you and these uh, these fellows from South Central? Well, we we buddied up with the uh, the, the main guys we were playing with. Got dinner with them afterwards. We wanted to go to like 
a Let's rib say. joint, you know, or some like right authentic. fried chicken place. Yeah, and then we we're like, yeah, we're losing light. Let's just go to uh, this like whitewashed pasta Roma, like Italian restaurant by USC. So we just took him to like a pizza spot, basically. Kind of nice. lost it at the end. Do they? Uh, how how was the friendship? What were they asking you? I know I know the normal questions people ask comedians, but did they did they know this was gonna go down ahead of time, or did you guys just show up? Oh no, we just showed up. Like originally, our, our producer was like, oh, we got to. We're gonna cast like big black guys, so like there's no danger involved. We're gonna set this all up, <laughs> and we're like, how much is that gonna cost? And they're like, it's gonna cost X amount of dollars, and it comes out of like your takeaway of the budget. We're like, mm, let's just go out with cameras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just do a documentary where we don't have to pay any of these guys. Yeah, let's just. You no, know, we ended up paying them, but it, it, it was like you know it was a pretty full basketball court like five in the afternoon. So we kind of jumped up with these three guys, played three on three. They kicked our ass like twice, and then we're like, yeah, let's let these other guys play. So then a big game got started. Then we started to lose light again. We're like, oh, we really got to shoot another game. So one of our producers, this tiny Asian guy, just ran over and was like, hey, guys, who wants 10 bucks? And then just like clears the court, <laughs> paid them all cash right there, gave them like release forms, and then we played another game. <laughs> and I, I thought like – I felt really bad. I was like, yeah, it, was, it, was like, it is kind of racist and like inherently like just small to bring like these security guards to, you know, just a, a like neighborhood park. But apparently on the, at the end of the night, they were telling uh, our camera guy, they were like, yeah, security went from about a three – to a six, because that guy in the green jacket walked up. He's a he's a pawn. He came by, checked out the equipment. What the, you got those cameras there? Like those are yeah, there's like five thousand dollar cameras. Yeah, he sell those are expensive cameras. So he left, came back, and then all these jackets showed up. And then I was just thinking, gun man, gun, gun, gun. So <laughs> wow. I don't know. Like I was completely unaware. Talking to you. Yeah, yeah, Wait, no, you said pawn. Is that that's a I guess that's street term for like a like a scout. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, you, no, you're not sure what he's saying. You're just like, oh sure, sure. Yeah, a pawn. pawn. Oh really? god, there was a pawn. <laughs> A green jacket yeah, pond that's, here? Yeah, that's what I, I assume that was a pond, like trying yeah, to play exactly. it. <laughs> well, it could also just be like, we want to justify why you guys paid us $12 an hour for the past 10 hours and just like, oh, it oh, got right. real hairy at the end. Good thing we were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh. these yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't have known a difference between a pond and just like a kid. Or, <laughs> yeah. Like, or a that is, guard. It, it would be interesting <laughs> if something went down. Like like you said, you're paying these bodyguards what twelve bucks an hour? Oh, there you go. We yeah. were blocking. Yeah, that. a little bit. You just moved the mic so you could we could really lock we guys here, get into talk radio. Yeah. So you're paying these guys $12 an hour, and in my head I'm thinking, how far does this bodyguard position go? Because obviously bodyguarding the president, they're going to throw their body at the bullet. But right, that's a hero. They yeah. get more you're than make- 12 bucks an hour, too. Well, what, yeah, exactly. But so, okay, these guys are making 12 bucks an hour. What does that really entail? How much protection do you think these guys actually would have brought? Were they armed? I don't know if they were armed. It didn't look like it. There was one big, gigantic white guy named William who just constantly used the bathroom. And then the other guy who showed up late. What was he guarding? I just, I guess his bowels. And then the other guy who showed up Comes late. Comes back sniffling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're blowing lines. Oh, no, they can't afford that. Uh, the other guy, Big D, was a big black guy, walked in and just shook everybody's hand with Big D, protector and bodyguard. Big D, protector and bodyguard. So I don't know what they would have done or what they could have like done. I feel like you can trust Big D. He loves yeah. his job. No, yeah, I liked it. They hung He's around a lot, asked us for food a lot. <laughs> they're good guys. Asked guys. us for food cool. a lot. Yeah. That's the one thing I never understood, the stealing of the shoes. Now, I, I guess, oh, hey, it makes sense. You steal a, a jersey, a jacket. That makes sense to me. But shoes they gotta fit right so what are the odds you see another guy and he's the exact same fit i mean i i I guess i'm sensitive to this issue being a man with incredibly small feet and basically being impervious to being robbed because no one's gonna no one's gonna rob me for my size eight pair of air jordans i'd imagine most of the guys doing the robbing grown men they're looking at size 11 size 12 i never understood that dynamic yeah, I guess I mean I guess you can sell them. I don't know what the street right. value is of like slightly used basketball shoes, but the other thing too is like that is the most embarrassing thing when like, hey man, give me those shoes. <laughs> well, you got little girl feet. Here, take these shoes back. Like, I just give me that shirt. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can squeeze into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the dynamic there is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny thinking of getting robbed for the shoes and they don't fit. I remember I tried it as a stand-up bit back in the day. Yeah. Tried it as a radio bit now. What's the idea? Yeah, I, I felt like it played better as a radio bit because it came up naturally in conversation. Yeah, yeah. It that's, a, that's a problem sometimes with stand-up. You're just up there talking like an asshole, and then you come up with, uh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And even if it is a real story, a lot of times – that's what's annoying, telling real stories on stage. Sometimes it feels manufactured or it comes off like, oh, this isn't believable. Or, you know, He's on stage making it up. 
it's obviously something he created. And then you say, this is a real story, which everyone who makes up stories, that's exactly how they introduce it. Yeah. And then you spend like two minutes convincing them, oh, this really happened. Right, by adding like superfluous details in there. <laughs> right. And, like, boring. and like if you don't say that for the re- like then the rest of the stuff is just bullshit, like you just have to constantly say, no, this is a true story. This is a true story. This yeah, exactly. Story. Yeah. I don't know. Good times. Good times. All right. I was... um. Been kind of uh, just kind of bored of my own music playlist. I don't know if you guys ever go through that. Where yep. you got the iPod, you got everything you want on there. You got all the classics. You got your Grateful Dead. You got the band. You got the Allman Brothers. But you're you're hankering for something new. You're you're just like I, I'm I'm tired of this same rut. <laughs> and I got the satellite radio, so I started just throwing. My new move now is just throwing country. Just been listening to a lot of country. Whoa, that's how it starts, man. <clears throat> New right, country it, it was, or old country? A little bit of everything, Logan. I like my pop country. I got some bluegrass going. Little, I got Willie's, little big and rich. Willie's Roadhouse going. Tim McGraw. I'm all over Tim McGraw. He has his own channel on satellite radio. And I was really getting into it. And I, I've heard a lot of country songs. And you, you know that they're they're sad songs, obviously. It's it's kind of like blues for hillbillies. But I never I never heard a the song. Good, the this... good ones are sad. <laughs> right. I would say like some of them are. Well, yeah. Then really there is goofy. that there is that kind of like that honky tonk pop country. I'm Shania Twain. You know, Ocean there's that front property <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, these uh these song lyrics really stuck with me, in how incredibly sad they were. But all right, uh, this is a uh, Tim McGraw, and uh, I won't reveal the name of the title, kind of give away what I'm going at here, but this is uh, Tim McGraw. Alright, I'm, I'm in so far, he's talking about drinking too much, ha- hurting people's feelings, he feels yeah. bad, he's just a he's just a sad kind of guy, sad sack, just thinking about him in the pickup with his loyal dog. Maybe he's got a plug of chow in. Maybe he's just thinking about the world and the weight of the world on his shoulders. This is not some cry for help. Oh, he doesn't need help. He, he, can, he can handle it on his own. <laughs> goodbye, wish you well, because I love you. Oh, he, he loves her. Oh, sweet end. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's so romantic, Sam. This is a slow dance song. That's the ultimate gift he can give to someone. Okay, growing up in Texas at the middle school dances, this these are the slow songs when the country song comes on. Right. Can you imagine just yeah. dancing to that song? Yeah, screw You're Stairway about- to Heaven, just yeah. listen to Tim McGraw kill myself. You're about to make a move and kiss her. Everybody in the auditorium saying that in unison, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I'll break your lighters out. It's the Kill Yourself song. I, I guess maybe if Tim, if he wanted to defend the lyrics, he'd probably say, oh, it's about, it's I'm playing a character who kills himself. But that's blatantly just saying, hey, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And it, the, the, the lyrics well, the go whole, on. The whole lyrics are very eloquent. And then at the end, it's, I'm going to kill myself. Did you, did you feel that was coming? Did, did that, no. Didn't that I thought so, those were great lyrics up to that. The, I'm, I'm sorry for what I've done, maybe. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to go ramble for a while. Yeah. I'll or, be back later. Or at least I'm gonna end it all. Or something. <laughs> right. Say it in a say it yeah. in a poetic way. End it all. Put an end to it. <laughs> sell stop my it. sell my truck. Sell the farm. Something. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of mystery. Kill myself. Is the next verse go into graphic detail of how? Right. 20, no, 22, no, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't get quite that graphic, but he does go through uh, this weird thing of like, well, first off, he says it's not a cry for help. First of all, quick, suicide always. Quick is. side note. When it, yeah, it is funny when people survive. Yeah, it's it's when, not just a suicide note. It's a suicide song. <laughs> right, exactly. A cry for help? Clearly, this is a cry for help, Tim McGraw. Are you imagine like the engineer. Okay, we got a hot track coming up. All right, kill myself. Okay, yeah, I don't know if this is top 40, Tim. Come on, we've really been on a roll. Uh, perhaps uh, drive your truck into a, I I just, don't know, a crevice or something. <laughs> <laughs> not just say kill yourself. Just hit the, hit the record button, please. <laughs> okay, uh... uh Tim, can we lighten up at, at all on the lyrics, Tim? Uh, how about I throw in I, an I love you before the... the okay, I love you. That's that good. A, okay. That's good. You love The love is lost. Maybe you're going to kill your old self. Kill your old self. Symbolic? I huh? feel like that's going to go over people's heads. I'm just going to get right to the point. <laughs> okay, but t- come on, Tim. We want to get something down. We want to get CMT. 
How are we going to shoot the video? What's the video going to be like? Please. It's going to be I me don't... in an old motel room with my toe in the, the safety of a 22-odd rifle with the barrel in my mouth. Okay, I know I know we appeal to people who own guns, and that's good. Maybe Smith & Wesson, we can get a little product placement. I like that idea. I like that angle. But just maybe maybe leave some room for a sequel there somewhere in the song. I'm going to slip my wrist and bleed out in the tub. Is that, is that what you're asking? I think we're just on different pages. Hey, Timmy, what's up? It's me, your agent. Is this guy giving you a problem? Yeah, he's like, you don't want me to do my art. Man, I'm playing a character who is exactly like myself who wants to kill himself. Is that true, Mr. Producer? You know, this guy's sold... Millions of records. You're lucky to even have him working with you. And I want you to know, this is not a cry for help. This is not a cry for help. I'll put that in the song if that helps. <laughs> okay, I guess that helps. I guess let's make it obvious it's not a cry for help. Okay, there we go. See, we can all work together, guys. <laughs> I like your agent character, Logan. <laughs> so he's about as good as my engineer character. But it is funny when, when someone does try to kill themselves, not to get too morose, but when someone does try to do that, and that, that's the first thing. Oh, he really didn't want to kill himself. He, he was just crying out for help. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, if he's trying to kill himself, he is. That, oh, he yeah. Most people. Anytime. It's, it's funny. Like, they almost criticize the person. He didn't really want to kill himself. You know, people who really want to kill themselves, they make it happen. That He's just crying out for help. He's just a spoiled baby who wants attention. Like You get kind of the feel like they're insulting the person by saying, oh, it's just one of his cries for help. This <laughs> yeah. crazy narcissist crying out for help. Uh, it's boo-hoo. true though that he's talking about things that we've, I imagine we've all been through. <laughs> right, killing ourselves. Yeah, we've no, all been there. No, just make, him hurting yeah. people's feelings and you know losing. Wait, but have you heard everyone that you've touched? Because that's what he, that's the story he paints. But oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean Logan's no, we've hurt ninety percent. He's but a I've heartbreaker. Never, yeah. Logan, you're a heartbreaker. We get it. I get my heart broken. <laughs> and I need it fixed. So just Tim kill McGraw- and you want to Yeah, and you want to. <laughs> That should be the lyric. That's kill be. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. There's Might a, as well be. There's edge there. There's a, there's a bite to that song. And yeah. doesn't that kind of hurt? That doesn't that kind of hurt your fan base, encouraging your fan base to kill themselves? You know what, <laughs> Tim McGraw? After they out. after they kill themselves, you know what? You're not gonna get more album sales from that person who's a fan of your work. But then the family's like, we get, we gotta find out why he did this. Exactly. We just found him next to this <laughs> broken record. This is it. Oh man. And in the other lyrics in the song. He says like all the stuff he's gonna do before he kills himself, and it's it's all like typical country stuff like I'm gonna patch the fence and make uh, and mow the lawn. By the morning comes, I won't see another dawn. Like he's just <laughs> he's taking care of all these menial tasks like I'll clean the house. <laughs> like he's he's really got it planned out. Does it just end with like a single gunshot? <laughs> I right. mean like some <laughs> like a noose tying up. <laughs> That's not. That wasn't a great uh, noose noose sound effect. Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm a, I'm a little loose on my noose sound effects. That's a hard sound effect to make with your vocal cords. Effect. Exactly. <laughs> Is that better? There, there you yeah, go. It's, it's got a little cracking. Yeah, of, a little cra- yeah. It's like the the tightening of it. Yeah. Or the the stool getting kicked out. Quick mention though. Speaking of uh, drinking and uh, not wanting to kill yourself, we're gonna have the Glenlivet brand ambassador. <laughs> We'll be uh, calling sure he's in. happy about that great song. That calling we... in at the bottom of the hour. Well, yeah, well, we won't we won't mention that in, in the interview. We won't bring that up. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Let's get to some. Uh, you guys are you guys are familiar with uh, Warren G, right? You're familiar with that artist, Warren G. Yep. Yeah. Former <laughs> former rap star, kind of uh, kind of fallen from grace. I don't think he's doesn't have a ton of hits lately. Was he Just in Westside Connection? <clears throat> I don't know. I, I forget. He was. was he in that group? I'm not I sure. I thought he was, but. Either way, I know who he is. <laughs> Either way, Warren G, falling on tough times, so he decided to lend his voice and his, uh, well, his entire, uh, his entire persona to this kind of lowbrow commercial. Take a listen. <laughs> oh boy. It's time to take it. Warren told me to take it. This is some white nerdy guy walking around. I gotta take it. <laughs> That was a boner sound effect. That'll make sense later. Warren G, what are you doing here? I tried to tell you to take your Affirm XL, but you didn't want to listen. <laughs> As you can see, I take my Affirm XL, and now I got to regulate. Lady, <laughs> it's a Affirm XL in the place to be. I want you to call that number at the count of three at the bottom of your screen to get your Affirm XL. 
That is, is that the laziest <laughs> rap? Yeah, thing? did he even count the three? No. He just banged. It was just like, it was the most half-ass thing I've ever heard, him just throwing that in there. Well, he's yeah, laughing all horrible. the way to the bank. Yeah. Warren I don't G. know how much is Max XL paying <laughs> the guy. It's just, why not hang on? If you have one hit, I, all right, I get it. The guy needs money. Or, or I mean, I'm, a, I'm going out on a limb and guessing Warren G needs money by the fact that he did this commercial. But why not? Why not just? Why not keep your one hit single a hit and just, just you know, just end on a high note yeah. with that one song. And don't don't reference it in the in the guy <laughs> right. in the right. commercial. <laughs> Remember what I did and watch me bastardize it in yeah, front of exactly. you. <laughs> and why hey, now he's he just, he's concerned with other guys having giant dicks like that's <laughs> what yeah. he's doing now. Like creepy. This. He like came out of nowhere. I thought I told you to take that for myself. <laughs> what? Why are you keeping Yo, keep popping weird, up? What a weird place to come from. Hey, I'm I'm just an ambassador of love now. I, I, okay, I got out of the music game. I got into music because I want to make people happy. Made some money, became really successful. Now that's no longer happening. Now I just want people to make love. Uh, oh, poor Warren G. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I would say that, but poor, poor Warren, poor Warren G. G. His uh, agent's got to regulate some of these decisions. Although I'm imagining, <laughs> I'll imagine you don't have an agent at this point when a firm XL is just saying, hey, hey, take this. Or who knows, though? I mean, it or, could be. Yeah, it could just be the agent saying, like, Warren, you got to get back out there. Like, this is this is ironic and it's, it's funny <coughs> and it's going to get you back on the map. You can showcase a little bit of that talent you have. TMZ will be talking about it. Yeah. The Green Room, the green of course, room, they're going to be playing up. that. <laughs> they're going to be joking about that all day. You know, Logan, maybe Logan will take the Affirm XL. Then we get some more product placement. <laughs> Logan's in there talking Why? about. The... <laughs> yeah, next time Logan sits down, the, the sound effect just keeps going off. Logan, what's going on over there? Nothing. This. Table keeps rubbing up against me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Well, speaking of that, speaking of uh, speaking of wieners, did you guys hear about this uh, Ro- Republican Anthony Wiener? Yep. No. Republican Anthony he sh- Wiener. He sent a picture of his wiener. Exactly. That's. <laughs> it, it's literally. It's almost like Jay Leno's monologues are now creating the news because <laughs> the, the Anthony Wiener tweeted a picture of his wiener, and he sent it. I. I I don't know the exact specifics of the Twitter thing, but he I think he sent it to the girl, and I think he was trying to send it as a private message. It's just this random 21-year-old girl who was right. following him on Twitter, and he was following her for some reason. She claims she doesn't know who he is or has never met him. So he sends this picture of his crotch, but instead of just sending it to her, he sends it to all his Twitter <laughs> followers. So everyone's retweeting it, and it's all over the place. And... Yeah, now he's uh he's kind of in some trouble. And it, I I I have heard uh conflicting things though. I heard first of all I thought he only sent it to her and she got him in trouble for it. But uh I heard that obviously he's claiming his account got hacked. Obviously that's the most obvious <laughs> like right. you know excuse. But I heard there's like reason to believe that. Well, it, the thing is, people kept going. The reporters, he was going nuts on these reporters. They kept going if if someone hack your account why don't you report this to the law enforcement that's something illegal you 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 can report that to law enforcement tell someone about this he goes listen whoever whoever did that that's just exactly what they want they want me distracted from my job and my job is fighting for my constituents <laughs> like <laughs> no I, I i think all it takes is a phone call you fill out a, a sheet of paper it, right. it doesn't take that much to report yeah. a crime yeah it's like doing the laundry just do it just get it over with Here's a, no, uh, no, but if you're fighting for your constituent, you don't have time to call. You just, you just <laughs> let that dick pic go out there. All you, all you, you. Yeah, just yeah. fight. Yeah. All you have time to do it's is. It's not going to slow you down later at all. No, that's yell not at part the of reporters. politics. Yeah. That has nothing to do. <laughs> all right, let's see. I, I think I have some audio here. Controversy started at 11.30 p.m. Friday night when a lewd picture of a man's underwear was tweeted from Congressman Wiener's... I love, I love their, the sound effects. They added the sound effects. A lewd picture of a man's underwear. It wasn't the underwear that was lewd. It was the thing inside of it. I love how it's a non-proprietary sound that no one's <laughs> computer makes. Yeah, the computer sound effects in the ABC News piece are pretty great. Count. This 21-year-old Seattle... <laughs> <laughs> that was the... Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! Edit, delete, delete! <laughs> College student's Twitter name was in the message. The photo was quickly deleted, but not before it was posted for all to see. As for the student, 
she was one of almost 200 people Wiener was following on Twitter, <laughs> although she says she's never met him and never actually saw the lewd photo. But did Representative Wiener, who is married, send the photo, intending it as a private message to the college student? Wiener has not directly sir, answered that sir, question, but he that. claims his account <laughs> was hacked. <laughs> Why? Well, they kept asking him questions. It was so great. He's like, I already put out a statement. Okay, now I'm just going to stand here and yell. Hey, stop interrupting me. But, sir, <laughs> j uh, Mr. Wiener, can you please just get a comment? Mr. Wiener. Where was this? Was this at a press conference? He was, he was, no, he, he was just standing. It, it seemed like a pretty informal thing. I think what happened was he, he was either walking out or into some building and just a throng of oh, reporters no, surrounded no. him. So it became a press conference. I don't think he, he didn't have like a podium. He didn't set it up and try to, try to act like, okay, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to address everything that happened here. I like how the first half of that entire news story was they just had sound effect of keys typing yeah. the whole time like they're really clear right. this is something that happens on the internet old people click 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 oh okay i get it he, he oh. typed it out okay Twitter. that makes sense yeah he did some typing okay i feel like i can see the visual too like it's a it's kind of a blurry image of hands typing and like square images going over it of like right yeah people <laughs> working on the Twitter computers logo. yeah this is a great b-roll because it's just like you know stuff scrolling it's good times all around guys speaking of good times I think uh, I think we have a uh, caller here. Is this uh, Ricky Crawford? Yep, this is Ricky Crawford. How are you? I'm doing great, Ricky Crawford. Uh, welcome to the Green Room. <laughs> I'm your host, Sean Green. I'm here with my sidekick, Logan Leistico, hey. and stand-up comedian, Nick Rutherford. Thanks for calling into the show. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing yeah. great, man. We're doing great. We got, uh, we're doing great because we got some uh, Glenlivet scotch here in the studio. Hanging out, I want to appreciate you guys for sending that over. Well, I'm glad you guys got that. I believe you have uh, you have the 12 and the 18 there, right? You got it, the 12 and the 18. So uh, real quick, if we could get some uh, background information on Glenlivet. I'm not really familiar with their story. How did uh, Glenlivet Scotch get started? Who started the company? Uh, the founder is George Smith. Um, and in 1824... He applied for and basically got one of the first licenses to produce uh, Scotch whiskey legally uh, in the Speyside region, which is a region of Scotland that, that Glenlivet is from. Prior to that, uh, it was a very, for the most part, illegal and illicit business. Oh, wow. Uh, so you know, up, until the, up until the 1800s, it was illegal to drink Scotch in Scotland? Uh, it, it wasn't so much that it was legal, it was just... The, the taxes were and the duties were so high on the production of Scotch whiskey that most people who were making it were making it illegally. Oh, okay. Some bathtub Scotch. What's that? Some bathtub Scotch they had going. <laughs> yeah, it was still good though. It might have been made in the tub, but it was good whiskey. <laughs> now, so how do you? Well, okay, real quick. Um, we had the uh, we had the Jameson brand ambassador on. Real quick for those who don't know, what's the difference between? Like an Irish Jameson whiskey and a uh, a Scotch whiskey. For the most part, the difference in the whiskey is in the grain that we use. Um, in single malt Scotch whiskey, it is just barley. And in the Irish whiskey, uh, you know, it's barley as well as some other grains, maybe some wheat and rye and stuff like that. So for the most part, it's just, it's the basic uh, ingredient. Um, apart from that, very much the distillation process is the same. Um, although Scotch whiskey, single malt Scotch, is all batch processed, which means we, we make a bunch and then we repeat that over and over again. Okay, now uh, tell us a little about yourself, Ricky. Where you, So I'm assuming you were born in Scotland, correct? I was. I was born in a little town called uh, Paisley, right outside of Glasgow. Oh, all right. Uh, which is actually famous for Paisley Pattern. <laughs> for, oh, okay. For, yeah. You, you chose not to be uh, the Paisley ambassador. You could have been the ambassador of... Uh, Fancy socks and scarves, but you decided to go into the scotch business. Uh, the scotch business is a little more fun. Yeah, I can see you don't get it. Well, my, my, my family, both my dad and my uncle worked in the industry for, for 25 years, so I kind of grew up in the industry. Gotcha. Okay, now you grew you grew up in the scotch industry. When did you when did you first start drinking scotch? When was your first taste of scotch in Scotland? Uh, you know, it's typical in Scotland uh, to use scotch when your kids are teething. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so literally, it, as soon it, as you, it, it could be at a pretty young age. Uh, as far as your first experience uh, with Scotch, 
probably my first real sitting down and having my first real glass of scotch, probably about 16, 17 years old. So uh, your first glass of scotch, did you get sick on it? Did you drink too much or were you just, you had some and you're like, yeah, this feels right. Uh, at 16 and 17, I don't think anybody quite has the appreciation for <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> your palate, I don't think your palate has quite developed yet. Uh, but, you know, that kicks in later on. So. Yeah, I mean, you can drink rubbing alcohol at 16. You think it's awesome. Now, uh, <laughs> now, okay, are you? Um, that's kind of an interesting question. I feel like I'm 27 years old, and I just feel like our generation in general, or, or people my age, there aren't as many scotch drinkers. Do, are you guys concerned at all that these uh, kids these days aren't drinking enough scotch? Are you are you like actively trying to win over a new generation of scotch drinkers? Uh, to be honest with you, Sean, the, the there is a younger generation drinking uh, scotch whiskey, brand spirits as a whole. Um, I see it. You know, I've been been doing this for several years now, and my audience uh, is noticeably younger. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, and again, the brown spirits are becoming very popular again. So it's sometimes it's a, it's a general progression. Some people will start off maybe drinking a bourbon or a blended whiskey, and then come on up, come on over to the single malt uh, category. But definitely, the demographic is getting younger uh, and more varied. Uh, you know, people have more discerning palates now. They have more information at their fingertips via the internet and stuff like that. And Scotch whiskey really is an involved drink. You know, it has a history, it has a heritage. There's a lot of information that comes with it. When you order a single malt Scotch, you know, you're ordering a, a lot of stuff in that glass. It's not just a white spirit mixed with a juice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I now white spirit. Is that what you guys refer to as rum or vodka stuff? Gin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the vodka and the gin and stuff like that. The crap, the crap liquors. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stuff that doesn't quite take quite so long to refine. I mean, <laughs> right. you've got you're sitting there with a 12 year old whiskey and an 18 year old whiskey. That yeah. that whiskey is literally taking that long to mature. Wow. Now, can I? What's the difference between these six years? The extra six years of aging. Um. Well, obviously, the, the aging process, you know, it's sat in the barrel for, for six years longer. But in the case of the 18-year-old that you have there, a little bit of the whiskey also spent some time in varying casks, cask types. Predominantly, American oak used bourbon cask, but there's a little bit of Spanish oak sherry cask in that 18 also, which is, by the way, my 18-year-old, for me personally, the best whiskey to come out of Scotland. So you you love you love the eighteen year old, right? Who can blame you? Hands hand, hand down, my favorite. As a, as a twenty year old uh, Scotch, is that just kind of lost some of its fun? You know, it's like not as exciting anymore. <laughs> like an eighteen year old yeah. Scotch is <laughs> a little more exciting. Nice. Just barely legal. Seventeen in ten months, like that's an exciting Scotch <laughs> to drink right there. Right on the edge. Now, Ricky, is there a point where you're you're getting diminished returns on the age of Scotch, like? A hundred-year-old Scotch would that be so much better than an eighteen-year-old? Or at a certain point, does does, does it, it does not it make ever, a difference? Yeah, does it ever peak and start to go bad? Or uh, it's not that it peaks and starts to go bad. A couple of things. Again, eighteen years old seems to be even across the board across all all single malts for me seems to be almost a peak of of maturation, and it's not so much about age as it is maturation. An older whiskey doesn't necessarily always mean that it's better, um, but it doesn't mean that it gets worse. It just changes in profile. And again, 18 seems to be where a lot of balance and complexity is. Wait, wait. You think it's older, you know, they will have a little more experience and they'll be maybe a more <laughs> adventurous in the, uh, in the mouth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, now, Ricky, how long have you uh, lived here in America? I've been on and off in the States for about 20 years. I actually first came over in, in 91 and attended the University of Alabama. Oh, <laughs> so roll. Wow. accent. <laughs> yeah, you must have you really stuck out going, roll tide, laddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun time. <laughs> All right, quick side question. What do you think of, um, just while we're talking, were you a big college football fan? Uh, yes, yes. Sure. Okay, so now what did you think of the recent – uh, Ohio State getting in trouble, and what do you think should happen to their program? Honestly, I haven't really followed that in the last few months. I've seen the headlines a few times on um, 
on TV. And I, I believe it's to do with sanctions that the NCAA has yeah. and broken all kinds of sanctions. Is that right? I haven't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, turns out there were uh, you know there was one uh, running back has eight cars. So it, it, <laughs> obviously something was going on there. I don't think you can buy eight cars on your, you know, couple hundred dollar a month stipend that the NCAA gives you. So obviously something nefarious is going on there. Now compare. Well, I think the, that's probably an, an extreme example of what's going on all over yeah. the country. If you ask me, I, you know, Definitely. I think it goes on everywhere. That that was maybe a little blatant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually went to Oklahoma, and yeah, the, everyone knows it. Yeah, that happens everywhere. If it's not, if they're not directly giving you money, they're they take you to their school and they show you a good time and they show you to a party where a bunch of girls want to have sex with you. And then, and then it's like, oh, so you, do you want to come here? It's free. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. But you know the story the second. Our, the other side of that argument, I guess, is in these bigger schools are pulling in a lot of money from these kids playing. So I guess there's two sides to the argument. You know? yep. Now, Ricky, quick, uh, real quick, compare – the bar scene in Scotland to the bar scene in America. What are what are a couple of things you notice when you go, oh, I'm in an American bar? What are the pros and cons versus the bar scene in Scotland? Well, in America, there's more teeth to start with. That's the first thing. <laughs> That's, a good That's thing. the first thing you notice. <laughs> hey, look at these dames uh, with their teeth. <laughs> um, you know especially here, I'm, I'm in New York and I, you know, I go to New York and I, and I go to LA and stuff like that. And when I was growing up in Scotland, the bars, a pub or a bar, I guess the best way to, to use it was not as quite as refined or as, uh, I don't know, you know, different kinds of cocktails and, and, and bar culture. It was more beer and whiskey. I mean, it was just very grassroots, very uh, simple working. Yeah, very simple working class places for people to congregate. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, you know, you go some of the met, metropolitan cities in Scotland now, which there are not many of them, but now like Glasgow and Edinburgh, they're starting to follow that culture also. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's when I went when I went over to Ireland. That was something that struck me was that people of all ages were at the bar, not necessarily just. A certain crowd it would just be people from all ages went and came to the bar i remember i i thought it was so different to go into the bathroom and see a baby changing station at the bar but hey you know it's ireland you go you hang out you bring your family everyone just hangs out at the pub has a pint and you call it an evening if the baby's teething and you don't have any <laughs> yeah, exactly. scotch on hand you go to the dentist office you know the local pub there's always there's always at least one guy, one old guy in a corner with a dog. You see <laughs> yeah. a lot of dogs in bars in Ireland. <laughs> hey, don't mind me. He heard sheep. He's working. He, did, he earned it. There you go. Exactly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the taste test here. We'll we'll try the uh, Glenlivet 12 year old first. Uh, you want to give us any kind of background before we uh, before we take a swig of it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what your setup is there. To, but to be honest, the best way to enjoy a single malt scotch is actually, believe it or not, to add just a splash of water to it. Okay. Um, that op- that opens it up a little bit. I'm not sure if you guys have any water. Yeah, there. we got that some. Actually... Uh, we got oh, some water here. I'll just spit into mine. Is that going to help? <laughs> yeah, that'll work. That'll, <laughs> that'll work. open it up. <laughs> just add a little splash. Just, just enough to to open it up a little bit. What water does to whiskey, what oxygen does to wine, it just helps release a lot of the flavor. Okay. okay. So all right, we're gonna say cheers here and uh, take a swig of this 12 year old Glenlivet. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I'm, by the way, I, I have one in front of me, so I'm not, you know, I'm I'm joining you on the, on this. Oh, nice. This is great. Yeah, that was and awesome, it's, man. Um, oh, yeah. Very nice. balanced. I mean, basic flavor profiles, fruity floral, vanilla honey, just a very balanced, approachable, uh, palatable whiskey. That's that's the whiskey you drink with your dad, and he says, "I love you" for the first time in your life <laughs> <laughs> on a fishing trip. <laughs> That's I love you, Dad whiskey right there. Now I, I like it in the tasting notes it says the finish lingering and gentle. I, I definitely I definitely noticed that it didn't it didn't have much of a bite to it. It Whis- stayed kind of soft. Yeah, whiskey always lingers, but this is nice. Yeah, real smooth. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 interesting. You know, people kind of categorize whiskey all under one one heading, but when you actually dig deep into it, there's differences in flavor profiles between a lot of them. You can taste them side by side. You, you see the difference. It's difficult to do. You don't have anything to gauge it with. But, yeah, some of them are a little easier and a little more approachable than others. Okay, now I got the Glenlivet 18-year-old here in front of us. You want to give us a little background info on that? Yeah, so this most of the whiskey in there, about 90% of the whiskey in there, matured in the American oak used bourbon cask. About 10% matured in the sherry cask, which... 
Spanish oak gives a little more of a complexity, uh, spicier, fruitier notes in there. Um, on the nose, if you smell it, you might actually smell very, very ripe fruits like banana, pineapple, stuff like that. If you don't get yeah. that exactly, then that's okay, but just realize it has a very sweet note to it. I call this, this is my deathbed whiskey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was on my deathbed and I had the opportunity for one more whiskey, given the choice, it would be the Glen Liver 18. All right. So, yeah. Something Tim McGraw would, uh, yeah. would drink. Yeah, we, we were talking about a Tim McGraw. Which, 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 song by the way, which, by the way, is why every night, just before I go to bed, I have some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you're, you're just in case. Die doing yeah. what you love, sipping whiskey in your bed. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here, cheers to the 18-year-old Glenn Livett. Cheers. Now, we splash this with water, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, splash that. that Balance and complexity on this is incredible. And it has a nice little peppery finish to it. Um, a little more intense than the 12, but still very, very balanced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a little bit stronger. And, yeah, you can taste that pepper. That's nice, though. Yeah, yeah, on the finish, it's, it's got a little bit of a bite to it. But balanced, it's really, really nice. Well, that's uh, that's awesome, man. That was uh, that was really tasty. Appreciate the Glenlivet 18-year-old and the Glenlivet 12-year-old. Great times, and uh, any any more uh, scotch advice you want to throw out there to the people? Um, you know, just take the time to, to, to taste them all. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to go, if you want to go deathbed whiskey, the 18-year-old Glenlivet, that's your recommendation. And I yeah. think uh, I think it gets my deathbed stamp of approval as well. Very solid and Very a good way to, to go out. And if you're gonna tell your son you love him. Get a 12-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go something uh, smoother, lingering, more gentle. Yeah. yeah. Not the deathbed whiskey. So, yeah. Pass on pass on that legacy with the 18. That's perfect. Now, Ricky, I I, uh, I really dig your accent. Can I uh, can I get you to do a station ID and just say, hey, this is Ricky Crawford. You're listening to The Green Room? Yeah, sure. Hey, this is Ricky Crawford, and you're listening to The Green Room. All right. Well, thanks very much, Ricky. Thank you for calling in, and uh, we appreciate your time, man. Have a good evening. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, guys. You too. All right, yeah, take Rick. care. What a jo- what a job. Yeah, what a job. What a guy. What he's a nice he called guy. he's calling to forty different radio stations tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's just, I, but does Ireland not sound awesome? I mean, I know it's just like a small like. Well, yeah, this is Scotland, a, but yeah, it's a, real close. They're right next to each other. Oh, did I say Ireland? Yeah, yes. my bad. But uh, yeah, it just seems like. I mean, you only spend a certain amount of time in a bar, but it just sounds so cool. There's dogs in there. It's just guys <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, they're just it's like, like community people of hangouts. All ages. Yeah, it's just like a, it's the public house. They just, they yeah. just hang out there. It is. It was funny when I was over in these bars in Ireland, and you see these, yeah, like seven-year-old people, and then you see eight, 18-year-old people hanging out at the same bar, and then they'll just, and and they still they enjoy American music, so they'll be <laughs> like a. You know, a uh, CCR cover band on stage rocking out and just 70 year old people just there with their, you know, with their caps on and their wool soaked uh, shirts from the rain. They're just sitting there drinking a pint, hanging out. There's something communal. And I I think it does bring together generations by just hanging out in the same place. It's something that we take for granted. But when was the last time you were hanging out in a bar and there was anyone over 50 there? That you didn't, like, make fun of and call creepy immediately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, okay, occasionally maybe a sports bar or something like that. But for the most part, the bars are kind of like, oh, hey, this is a young person's bar. This is a slightly older person's bar. But once you're, like, past 50 it, or, yeah, I guess a little bit older, but you don't hang out at the same bars or in the same way. You know, the other day I – uh I was running some errands, and I just had some time to kill, so I was going to go into this deli, <laughs> which I guess is kind of a deli and a bar. I walk in. It says, you know, it has Russian food. I walk in. Everyone is a very old Russian man, <laughs> and it was pretty uncomfortable, but I think – Well, that's racism. The, the, way <laughs> yeah, they, look. the way they paint <laughs> – and Logan gets a two sips of real scotch in him. Yeah, no, come on. That's forgetting Logan, where countries I'm white, are. Whatever. <laughs> Well, they're from Russia and they're all old. What do you mean? Why would that not be uncomfortable? I'm just saying it sounds like an Irish bar would is comfortable. It sounds like everyone's there. Yeah, because there's no friendly. Russians there. I see what we all see yeah. what you're saying. It's Logan, like, you hate the Ruskies. I get it, man. I, I get it. You you commies. grew up in the '80s. You saw Top Gun. You were kind of brainwashed. They're not all bad people, okay? Yeah. They're not all trying to shoot down our uh, F-14s. Fuck the Reds. Was that a good Logan impression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good times. Hey, Doug. Um, hey, Doug. 
No, I was going to say, uh, I wanted to talk about Hangover 2. Were you able to see Hangover 2? Yeah, I 2? just saw it uh, last night, actually. Okay, now what, what are your thoughts? Give us uh, your movie review. I know Stud Manley is the movie reviewer. This is an unofficial movie review, just talking about the movie Hangover 2. You know, uh, I think it had its moments. Uh, it just... It literally, I know a lot of people are bothered by the fact that it's it's uh, like just, you could just take an outline of the first movie, replace <laughs> Baby with Monkey, Thailand, you know, Vegas with, with Bangkok, and, and it's Tooth literally the finger, same thing. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, Ken Jeong's going to jump out of a, not a trunk this time, it's a, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But sure. you know, yeah, it, it, and I get that, but I kind of was. <laughs> I in, like that you're still not going to spoil it though. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, right, he, he jumped out of no, something, you know what it is. You know what's going to happen as soon as it, as soon as it doesn't happen. Uh I don't, but I was kind of okay with it. For me, it's like, oh, I can kind of see this series again and again. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, it's, it's, it's almost like a police academy. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, not yeah, that many, but you I, know the characters, you kind of know the plot. I thought they were almost poking fun at the fact because they called back to it so many times. It happened and, again. Yeah. It happened again. I know. What is it with you guys in this same situation <laughs> of you getting hung over? It, I mean, it's not like they blatantly copied it and didn't make mention to it. I thought it was kind of a fun in in the moment thing where oh hey i mean honestly just from a business sense the first one set every sort of comedy box office record every sort of dvd sales record you think they're going to tweak that formula at all no right i mean you you could say like oh it'd be, they could have they could have tweaked it and just had the same guys go somewhere else or, or have a different yeah but why would they why, risk it they don't yeah. want to why risk would, it and it was fun enough you know I, my one big complaint with it is so I didn't realize from watching the first movie that Zach Galifianakis' character is just fucking retarded. <laughs> oh, yeah. He I was think fucking he was, retarded. I think he was in the first one, too. I mean, he was off. He was like Logan. Like, <laughs> like he's going to say some quirky things. He'll no, make I'm, some weird decisions. I'm retarded. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, he literally Sean, is like... Sean lives with me, so he actually knows that I'm actually... I know. I, I don't know. It's like a, I assume you get some stipend from the government for that, right? <laughs> right, for it's raising like a foster Logan. child, yeah. <laughs> They give you, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I I wanted to revisit the first just to see if like, oh, was he this dumb? And I just was okay with it because it was like, I'll just say the wildest things ever and like, oh, yeah, I, I think way it's too much. I think it's one of those things. The first one obviously is better because hey, it's a surprise or hey, this Alan character, you didn't know the whole Alan char- character. Like he was he was obviously off, but you kind of just slowly you slowly got into the character, and that I think was kind of the fun. And now in Hangover 2, it's fully revealed who he is, and he's this slow, crazy character. Right. So it they, just seems you see his family life. It seems, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it seems jarring from step one. Right. Because in the first one, you're like, you got this weird tension with him of like, is he crazy? He seems kind of. Yeah. You know, he's thought seems, about that. He seems a little wacky. You don't really know. And basically, as the movie goes on, it reveals how crazy he is. Hangover 2 starts. You already know the full Alan thing, so that's already kind of out there. So. That reveal, it seems a little, you could get tired of it, but I, I still thought Zach Galifianakis was still pretty funny, and I, I thought he had a good performance. Oh, yeah, no, I think he did great with what he was given, but I do, I don't know if it's just like, no, say something crazy here, Zach, and like, he just had to make up that stuff from the fly, or if it was like, no, make these crazy lines sound like a human being could actually say this. Yeah, I mean, maybe, way, he, maybe he, did, he, he did well. Maybe you know? he did it down a little bit, you never know yeah. where the script came and where they actually, where the performance came. I don't know. You go in with an open mind and an open right. heart. People, I, I just, I just found the reaction or the hate was, I thought, way too strong for the film. Yeah, I'll use two examples. First of all, everyone watches TV shows where the same thing happens. Every yeah, episode, it's like a sitcom. And yeah, they don't even across different it. TV shows. They don't complain yeah. about it. They love it. Yeah. So that's an example. And you know what? Home Alone Two was a decent movie. It wasn't as good as Home Alone, but people watched it. People remember it. You're, you're, yeah, you're saying it. You're, wow. Yeah. You're shrugging your That's shoulders, a, but you watched no, it. No, no, I'm saying clearly, you're right? absolutely right. I'm agreeing no, with you. it's the same thing. So, and it, it and the same thing. They say, actors. like, not again. They're like a moment yeah. in the movie they say, not again. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's almost as just – I mean, them forgetting the kid is almost more unbelievable than these guys getting hung over again yeah. in a right. weird place. Yeah. I mean, obviously, their adventures are pretty – the craziest thing I, about the movie was that someone brought a baby to that movie. Opening, we were there Friday night at the ArcLight, the beautiful ArcLight oh, in Hollywood. Opening night, and there was a baby up there crying. Uh. Now, Andrew, okay, I get it. You're a parent. You still want to get out. Shell, <laughs> shell some money for the babysitter. Yeah. And why do you have to see it opening night? You can't wait for the DVD? Yeah, or fucking what? go to a matinee on goddamn Saturday afternoon or something. Why? What? And there's no spoiler alerts. I know Nick was dancing around. He didn't want to ruin the movie, but it's not The Sixth Sense. Okay, if you watch, <laughs> yeah. you watch the right, movie a few enough. weeks down the road... 
you're, you're still going to enjoy The Hangover 2 as much as you would have when you first saw so it. So you didn't stick around for after the credits because they are all dead. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the, after the credits, oh, okay. there's like a long extended <laughs> funeral scene. That's... The next one takes place in hell. They have to get out of hell. Wow. Yeah. All right, real quick, I got to talk about this NBA Finals. Just went final. The Dallas Mavericks had a crazy comeback. I had actually bet on the under, which was 188 and a half points. I bet on the under. Didn't look like it was going to happen at all the entire game. Not only did the Dallas Mavericks come back to tie up the series 1-1, but the total for the points of the game, Logan, you want to guess? <laughs> What was your what was the under 180? 188 and a half. And uh, it sounded like you you lost. Nope, I won 95 to 93. Wow. Nice. That's wow. pretty awesome. Can you do the math for me? All that's while 188. While okay. Hosting. I did. You got by half point. All while hosting. Yes. While yeah. So why oh, you, you bet you made that bet right now? That just happened right now. Yeah, just finished. Just oh, went okay. final. I was getting some texts on here. Uh, local bookie Ryan Kramer. Or uh, maybe I shouldn't say his last name. Oh, no. <laughs> he doesn't care. He just spoiled his life. Yeah, he's already he's Spoiler he's already life. got the FBI yeah. up his butt. All right, Logan, you want to wrap things up with a haiku? Let's do it. Hangover to talk. Americans have more teeth. gonna kill myself <laughs> for all you uh logan heads out there he's not gonna kill himself that's a uh, call back to the early. you're probably listening to it on the podcast so you probably heard that first riff we were getting into tim mcgraw <laughs> for those of you just tuning into this podcast yeah. well you can yeah, listen you can yeah. listen to it live maybe some people yeah. just caught the end nick uh where can people get more nick rutherford you know uh, i just i i tweet important stuff and fun shows and things like that so you can go uh, you can just follow me at nick rutherford that's pretty simple all right there yeah. you go and a quick note, the Green Room is sending a correspondent to Bonnaroo, and they, uh, Jeff McKinnon, he will be calling in live from Bonnaroo. We got a press pass, and he's going to be interviewing some people, playing some clips, but next Thursday, he'll be calling in live from Bonnaroo, so that should be a lot of fun. Nice. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Green Room. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also be sure to check out our movie at TheComedyGarageMovie.com.